Hey, Maggie. Hey, what? What would you eat while watching a scary movie? I don't know. What? Ice cream. I know it. I messed it up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 155 or 6. Is it 6? Yeah, it's 156. Welcome to episode 156 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman, and I am your host, and I am joined by the man you just heard. That's E-Man, Big Evan. How you doing, brother? Good. So, we are riding home on the way home from the New Haven Christmas tree lighting. Evan, how was the tree? It was lit. It was definitely lit. So, um, we're just going to make that joke pretty much everywhere that we possibly could. Um, yes, so we are. We're recording our weekly podcast. This is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website on the internet where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give our listeners the information they need to get their family game on. This week, it's all about video games. I know our schedule has been erratic, and I do appreciate everybody's patience. We are working on all of our scheduling. The holidays are super duper weird. Plus game awards. We've had some illnesses. We've had all sorts of stuff. It's crazy. Uh, But this week, we did not want to miss it. Because this week is video games. Next week, yeah. our boy Rob Kalajian is going to be coming onto the show. He's at PAX Unplugged literally right now, oh. helping us get ready for a bananas board game podcast next week. Including. And then the week after that, video games are completely off the chain because we're going to have the Game Awards. We're going to have our impressions of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and and the Kind of Funny funny Games Showcase. showcase, The Kind of Funny Showcase where Greg Miller and all of his people are going to be announcing 60 games. And I'll bet at least one of them is rated T or less by the ESRB. What do you think? You think the math is on our side? I bet 10. You bet 10? I bet at least one. I bet at least 10. All right, well, that, you know what, that'll T be awesome. T or E. T, T or E, so E10 plus doesn't count? T through E. So, all right, that's fine. Um, one of us will be right. Uh, my hope is that it's me. Um, so we've got a lot. So the next bunch of weeks are going to be super busy. This week, not so much. we got a little bit of stuff to talk about. Um, yeah. So before we go crazy, I want to go around the horn. Um, so... I'm going to talk about Spyro, the yeah. Reignited Trilogy. Um, How about the Insane Trilogy? It's not the Insane Trilogy. That's the Crash Bandicoot one. Thank you. Um, so, shout out to Activision, uh, because their PR team reached out to me and sent us a code. Um, it is absolutely stunning. I mean, you watched a little bit. Toasty. Um, it is absolutely gorgeous. Looks great on the PS4. I'm presuming it would look wonderful on the Xbox One. And it is really good looking, yes? Yes. So, um, here is what it is. It is a package of three games. The original three games in the series that were published on the PS1, they were completely redone by Toys for Bob. Um, They're the same people that do Skylanders. Now, fun fact, uh, Spyro, not just a Skylander. 
um, Spyro had his own games beforehand. Because so it's really interesting playing a game where I remember Spyro being in his own games. I never played them, but I remember them. Um, and my kids being like, hey, where's Eruptor? No, because I've played one of the Spyro games before, and I've watched SGDQ. Okay, so you know, but it was still, you were cracking jokes. Where's Eruptor? Why isn't he puking fire? Whatever. Why isn't Spyro looking like the Skylander toy? Well, that's, that's Why fair. Why can't I plug in my Portal Boy and put on my Skylander Boy and have a special ability? I will admit, I kind of wish that there were, that they had put some Skylanders, like, hints in there just to, but... Nope, they lovingly recreated the original three games. This so is... Spyro... I find it kind of funny how the first Skylanders game could be considered a sequel in one, in the Spyro universe. Because the game is Spyro's Adventure. It's true. It's absolutely true. Um, so, it is a... Um, it's really good. It's fun to play. It is. Spyro is fun to run around as. They added lots of little details... Um, like when you, he spits fire, obviously, because he's a dragon. Like when you spit it out over grass, the grass gets singed. The platforming is great. It's a lot of kind of dashing. And then when you're platforming, it's a lot of run, jumping and gliding to get from place to place. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there are some flying levels that are just brutally hard. Uh, but, you know, it, it, this is one of those packages. It's $40. You get three games. Um, I, there's a lot of game here. I think it's great. Definitely family friendly. Um, and they definitely added some of the, you know, some modern touches to make it a little bit better for uh, the younger set, I think. You think Meg, you'd be able to play it? I'm not going to play it until she plays Skylanders. Why? Because she wants, because she needs to know what Spyro looks like. No, I, I'm fine with her playing these. Thank goodness you don't get to decide. But I, but she should not be allowed to play Spider-Man at all because she doesn't know the, who the Sinister Six are. And she lives in our house. Okay. And she doesn't know who the Sinister Six are. Okay. Who's the Sinister Six then? Electro Dude. I don't know their names, but I know that okay. they exist. Okay. Electro okay. Man, the Rhino, the Vulture... Uh, they got Mysterio. He's one of it, right? It's Tell me who the Sinister Six is. I'm totally blanking out. Yeah, so Shoot. so shut your yap. You so know what? Not, then least, you're not allowed to play Spider-Man. No, at least I recognized the characters. Mm-hmm. I recognized them. Sure. Well, sure. The character I didn't recognize was the new guy that they had they mean, replaced for Mysterio. You know, he's not a new guy. You know, he's not new at all. He's been in the comics before. Well, I haven't heard of him. If you're, well, then you're not allowed to play Spider-Man. If you're going to talk junk. Talk junk. About my sister. Not and, then deal with the, and then deal with the consequences. That's how this works. <laughs> so, anyway, all Spider-Man shenanigans aside, um, I highly recommend... Spyro, and I've only played like a half hour. Like, really, it is a very cool game. I, I played a bunch of E3, played it behind closed doors. Um, so I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I played it behind closed doors in E3. And you didn't tell me? I definitely told you. I talked about it on the podcast. You never told me you played Spyro. 
I definitely played Spyro. I, you, you saw the video of me playing Spyro. No, I didn't. Okay, well, I played... You did play Smash Bros. and you didn't tell me. You got to play that little snippet of Smash Bros. Littlest, 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 barely. You got... You, you, you told me about Marvel, but not Smash Bros. Marvel was brutal because John beat my ass so bad. <laughs> you got beat by John? Yeah, real bad. He doesn't play a video game. John plays lots of video games. He's supposed to... Street Fighter. I mean, he definitely beats me up. So, okay. So, anyway, here we are. We are. It is. I mean, it, it's a. So anyway, Spyro, really good. Highly recommended. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Um, I think a lot of folks will, um, you know, I, I think a lot of folks will will like it, even if you don't have nostalgia. Because I have zero nostalgia for the Spyro games. They didn't really appeal to me when they came out. Um, but I, I really think a lot of, you know, parents and, you know, a lot of kids, they're not going to have nostalgia necessarily for Spyro. Um, but I think they're definitely going to enjoy it. Um, an, another thing, and this is kind of around the horn, but... This is a, just a thought that I had thinking of Skylanders. Um, yes? What do you think about the idea of Activision taking a page out of Starlink's book? Yes. And making a new Skylanders game where if you buy the digital deluxe edition, you don't have to buy the toys. That would be freaking awesome for some people. Skylanders for me is about the toys and the portal. Okay. That is what I could not play Sky, Skylanders game without the toys in the portal. Because I've been playing Skylanders since it first came out. Okay. Like I'm not gonna play Skylanders game unless it's like what the. I'm at, but we talked about this in the car a while ago earlier this year. If they if they made a Skylanders game, but it was but it was based off of the Netflix original TV series Skylanders Academy. Yeah. I could do that without the toys, but I could not play a, a game that has Skylanders action figures and not use the portal of power and the figures. So, I, that's just not a thing I could do. You just couldn't do it? I couldn't do it because I wouldn't be able to use my Skylanders that I've spent hours leveling. What if you could buy the portal separately to use your old toys, but everything else was digital? Yes. So that you'd be cool with? Yeah. As long as they, the people who didn't play the original games, there is a way to unlock those characters. Like, it had the characters as an, as an unlockable, and if you had one, and if you just happened to have the figure, seems like a, an awful lot of difficulty. Um, I'm kind of with you. With that said, I would play it because at that point, then it's just a kiddie version of like Gauntlet and I'm here for that. Um, yeah, but it's not four player. What? Make it four player. Why not? Go nuts. Okay. I think that's the that would be the next evolution for them anyway is opening up four player cooperative play. Right? Like, that Imagine sounds like the next step. The screen would be... Like, 
You're using like your trap team figures in your Skyland as giants? They'd figure it out. Oh my god, you're so cramped. We'd figure it out. So, alright, so anyway, so that is our Around the Horn for the day. Um, the, this is a somewhat abbreviated podcast, but let's, uh, just to kind of go over, um, you know, the some of the big news that has come up. Um, first off... EFG news. Well, no, let's not worry about EFG news. Let's talk about Sony. Sony? Sony is Sony? not going to E3 next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, next year, Sony is taking the... Uh, they're taking the year off. They're not going to have a press conference. They're not going to be on the show floor at E3. They're just taking the whole time. Um, they're taking the whole time off. Um, and, you know, they, they what their explanation was is that they're experimenting with other ways to reach out to their community. I think that it's probably going to be in the form of a PlayStation experience which is their own show. They can do their own thing. Um, but, you know, there are some there are some theories out there. I think the one that holds the most water is that Sony really doesn't have anything to talk to anybody about. Because like, all the developers are working on... Everybody's working on stuff. I mean, all the Sony... And they've already announced that there's going to be a new PlayStation. Well, yeah, they're all making games for whoever, right? So... Uh, Let's let's look at last year's press conference, more or less, right? Okay. God of War, Spider-Man, Days Gone, Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding. I mean, that was the bulk of the press conference. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and The Last of Us Part Two. That was the bulk of the press conference. But they didn't really did they I didn't watch the Sony press conference because they're not performing. Spider-Man was for me. Well, so they had a lot of people giving them crap about how their press conference really wasn't showing anything new. So they tried to make it more about like this interesting, artful experience. And people didn't like it. They just wanted non-stop announcements. Sony can't make non-stop announcements because they don't have any more games to announce. And even worse, next by next June, Spider-Man, God of War, and Days Gone would all be out. All which means all and, and which means all they would be able to do is lean on Death Stranding and the Ghost of Tsushima and, and The Last of Us Part Two, which runs the risk of hurting the the PR cycle for those games. And I don't know that any of their other studios are ready to talk about anything. The only thing that might be a thing is DLC for God of War. But that's not likely because God of War has a set story. It might be a whole bunch of random side quests DLC. They're, they already finished their... The last Spider-Man DLC is coming out in a couple of months, so that's not a thing. Yep, that'll be done. Um, Days Maybe Gone. Maybe DLC get... for Days Gone, but yeah, that's the problem. They really don't have anything to talk about. And DLC isn't the most exciting thing. Yeah, like people have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, okay. Like least. if they announce more Spider-Man DLC, people would be stoked. People would but, be happy, but it's not gonna. 
you can't make an entire E3 press conference about Spider-Man DLC. And like, for, so, for example, Gorilla is absolutely making the follow-up to Horizon Zero Dawn, whatever that is. Hundred percent, they are Dawn? making. I don't even know what it's going to be called. Right? That will Horizon Second Dawn. Well, I'm just coming up with Horizon games. Yeah, because I can't. Horizon Zero Twilight. Okay, stop it. This is all that, that, that's the next game, everyone. No. Horizon Zero Twilight. So, so, I, so, okay, I, we know that they're making something, and I know you haven't finished the story. I haven't played it. Okay, well, you should, but you haven't finished the story, so the story tells you why you can't just change the name Horizon Zero Dawn. Hopefully it's just Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Hopefully, but I don't Horizon know. Horizon Twilight Dawn. Maybe. <laughs> no, Horizon Zero Twilight. Maybe. That would be the best name. Anyway. Dawn and Twilight. Alright, just stop. So, Horizon they're Zero making Twilight another... Sparkle? Okay, stop. Okay. So, they are... Definitely working on another Horizon game. Probably for the PlayStation 5. Forza Horizon But they don't have any... Forza Horizon? Yeah, we're not doing that. Forza Horizon Zero Dawn. Forza Horizon Zero Twilight Sparkle. (laughs) Okay, stop. The best game of all time. Okay, so... You can tell I'm tired. Yeah, you're definitely tired. And unmedicated. Yeah, you're definitely a little out of it. So, anyway. Um... We know Gorilla's making that game. I just don't know that they're ready to announce it. Like, maybe they show off a logo. But, like, why? Right? Like, why show off a logo now? Maybe some concept art. When they could wait until next year. Because here's the thing, right? Next year's not 2019. I think end of 2019, they announced the PlayStation 5. And then it's coming out in 2020. Now, how cool would it be if at the event where they announce the PlayStation 5, they show a list of games that are coming to the PlayStation 5, and it includes Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, The Last of Us Part 2, and the New Horizon game. And they just show us the logo, and the they world del- explodes. And then they do what Nintendo did with Breath of the Wild, and delay them all until the next console well, that, I think that's what's going to happen. Because I think that console is coming out in 2020, and I think those games are coming in 2020. So then they just keep delaying it for the human beings that care about it. And then and, they put it up. And the, they do what they did with Zelda. What Nintendo did with Zelda. Which is just delay it. And delay it some more. No, I agree. I don't necessarily disagree. And then when they fully... So they at the reveal event... They do that. Then at PlayStation Experience, they show us a teaser trailer. What if they announce that at PSX? What, the the PS4? The PS5? Or the PS5. They absolutely could. And then they just go, and then they go, here, let's show you with this bazooka, and you with this bazooka, and you with this bazooka, because all these games are going to have bazookas in them. Okay. And then they go to E3, and they show more information. Then the PS5 comes out. And then sometime in 2021, right? Like, if the game comes out 
2020, early 2021, maybe it's ready. Um, and what is the launch date is going to be? Who knows? They'll be telling us all about the launch lineup when it comes out, but that's the idea. But uh, there's no way they're going to be able to talk about those things to, like this year. No, no, no. So as a result, that's what I think. I think Sony's taking the year off. Um, not to lick their wounds or anything like that, just because they don't have anything to talk about. And they're going to get bad press if they don't go. And they're going to get bad press if they do go and don't have anything meaningful to say. So they may as well save themselves millions of dollars. Because holding E3 press conferences is millions of dollars. And also, it does affect the development cycle for games too and I think this is something that really hasn't been kind of brought up right like you have to take resources off of the project like pushing the project out to the end in order to create a not a finished project but like of that vertical slice that they use for demos or to make E3 trailers or you you show a demo of game of a different game maybe well, you show a demo of a game that's later and it's like, well, and then show trailers for But that's the problem, is that I don't think that there is anything ready to show other than the things that are out coming out imminently that are... What if they do, like, with Nintendo? Like, that, that aren't quite ready. Game. I don't think anything is ready. I think that's the issue, is that they thought they were going to have a staggered set of releases... But everything is just kind of getting delayed internally because they're trying to kick butt with it. And now they're thinking about the PS5 and making sure that that has a killer lineup when it starts. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, But the reality is we already know Nintendo and Microsoft have both said that they're going to be there. Uh, Microsoft... Immediately afterwards says, Hey guys, can't wait to see you guys at E3 next year on Twitter. Yeah, I thought that was a little thirsty. That was a little interesting that they chose to do that then, but I am kind of here for it. Um, you know, when when the social media accounts throw out that that banter, I really like, do kind of like that. So with Blizzard, uh, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft on Valentine's Day, more or less. So that's the Sony news. I think that's a very big deal. Um, you know, obviously we're gonna see. Uh, it's obviously gonna ch- it's gonna change the landscape of E three. Maybe forever, um, but this will always, you know. I'm my guess is that they'll be back next year, but I think they're just taking time off. <coughs> um, in other news, uh, Nintendo has changed the creators program. Um, so we talked about this very briefly on the EFG Daily Commute uh, that came out this week. One of the ones uh, with me and Evan, but. Just to give a very high-level overview for the people listening to this podcast, um, Nintendo had a very archaic yeah. policy that um, basically, in order to be a Nintendo content creator, you had to register with them, and they took some of the revenue. 40%. And if nothing else, it was a yeah, somewhere around forty percent, and some, and at the very worst. It was an administrative headache, and they took some of the revenue. Um, so as a result, like, we never really did. We never created Nintendo content. Last night, Nintendo came out and said everything's changing. Um, the 
uh, you are not, uh, they're not claiming anything anymore. All you have to do is follow some very basic guidelines. So Evan, what are those guidelines? The guidelines are, you have to have a voiceover or something original with the video. And that's basically it. Yeah, you just can't just play raw video of the game. Of the game, you have to do something creative with it. And if you do that, they will no, no longer copyright strike those games. That's really cool. I think what that means is we're going to see a lot more casual Nintendo content. Um, and I'll tell you what, we're going to create some Nintendo content specifically about what, Evan? Smash Bros. Why? Because it's freaking Smash Bros. Yeah, exactly. So um, we will be doing some Smash Brothers content. We're very excited about it. Um, and I think that's quietly some of the biggest news in a while because, um, you know, more Nintendo content on the internet, it's hard to get mad at that. It is. It so is. the last piece of news that I want to bring up, um, Microsoft, there are reports that Microsoft is making and going to be releasing a discless Xbox One. An Xbox One that is all digital, that does not play discs, um, but the, the goal is by doing that, they'll be able to reduce the overhead enough that they can reduce the price, so that they'll be able to sell an Xbox One that is less than $200. Xbox One X. Uh, not an Xbox One X. I think that report, just based on what I'm hearing, that it'll probably be an Xbox One S, hardware-wise. Evan, where do you come down on that? I think that... Our X... That I would totally buy that, because our Xbox can't run this. Yeah, I mean, Actually, no, I want Overwatch. I don't want to have to buy Overwatch. I lose my Overwatch account, so... But I think that is great for the people who don't have an Xbox right now. Yeah. That is the best thing that they can do. Because realistically, if you get that thing and then subscribe to Game Pass and, you know, Xbox Live, you're getting a pretty hefty digital library. And discs aren't necessary for the Xbox because the Xbox has... The original Xbox, at least, had some difficulty running discs in. Was yeah, that a thing I mean, that they, a lot do, there are had? some people that have a lot of problems where the laser just doesn't work. Specifically, yeah. So, yeah, and ours has that problem. So It sucks. It does suck. It makes it pretty hard for us to use discs. So you can't keep one disc in and you can't take it out. Yeah, more or less. More so, more. um... So, that, I mean, I think that's interesting. I, I mean, from a budgeting perspective, there's plenty of people who, you know, if they're looking for an Xbox and they're not worried about discs, um, you know, especially if they're planning on subscribing to Game Pass, which is an amazing value. Sea of Thieves. I mean, Sea of Thieves, Forza Horizons 4. Sea of Thieves. I know you like Sea of Thieves. I don't know. I think it's hot trash, but... I think it's great. As long as you're okay with voice chat. Which is the, which is the issue. Yes, more or less. So that's our news. Um, you know, three pretty big announcements. We'll, we'll have to see what Microsoft is going to do. We're going to have to see if it's real. It might not be. Um, Hashtag fake leaks. But uh, 
listen, we've been looking to replace our Xbox. I think I would be more than fine with getting, well, we would just have to, I mean, what they have said is that as part of this program, you'd be able to bring your Xbox games to them and they would turn them into digital copies and take the discs from you. So if that's the case, we just turn in our Xbox One discs and turn them into digital licenses. Then I think so. I'm I'm pretty okay with that. Okay. Yeah. So um, so that's the Xbox. Well, obviously, we'll find out more about that as time goes on. Hopefully, they'll they'll if they're gonna announce it. Hopefully, they'll announce that soon. Um, and I'm wondering what the price will be. Hopefully, it'll be cheap. Um, so that is that's the news. So why don't we take a little break and we'll come back. And you've done some research on a project that we are thinking of launching for EFG. And I'd like you to kind of explain it. In the new year. In the new year. All right. So we'll be back in a minute. All right, everybody. And welcome back to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is still episode 156. I'm still riding home with our boy Evan. Um, So we went over the news, we went around the horn, and now we have a a relatively interesting topic. So you made a suggestion for a project that we will be doing in the new year. Once we restart the Patreon, which when we restart it, all of you should go do. And by re-promoting it. Not restarting it, but re-promoting it, yes. One of the potential Patreon rewards is access to a private Minecraft multiplayer realm. And I had no idea what the heck a Minecraft realm was, so Evan had to explain it to me. So Evan, why don't you explain some of the research you have done into how EFG would run and operate a Minecraft realm, and also how anyone can operate a Minecraft realm. So, before we talk about EFG's Minecraft Realm, we're talking about Minecraft Realms in general. Okay. I found out about Minecraft Realms when they were announced, and when they were put into the Java edition of Minecraft. And we're not going to go into Java versus Vipraft. That's going to be a whole another article that I'm going to write, I think. Probably. We haven't because decided. Because I know about them. So... The Java edition of Minecraft, there was a thing that they put out a couple of years ago. I think it was 2015? So that was many years ago. It feels weird saying that. Yeah. It really feels weird saying 2015. You're telling me. Okay. Well, in 2015, they released this thing called Minecraft Realms on Java edition, and because it was a PC only thing, it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, once in 2016, when they announced the Minecraft Together is Better update at E3, um, we found out and we had crossplay with everybody that switched every every single console and pocket edition version of Minecraft over to the Windows 10 version of Minecraft recently. Okay. So what Windows 
And so what that contained was it contained realms. And once that happened, I did research into realms. And I found a YouTuber. I'm not, I don't want to say the name, but I'm just going to say I found a YouTuber and they were doing this thing with realms. And I was like, huh, what is a realm? And I watched their videos and it is basically a private Minecraft server where you can have at most 10 people at a time and on it and it's basically just a community of the people that play everyone builds a house it's hopefully not toxic with us it won't be but and you can ban someone if they're doing something wrong yep and it's and it's fun to play in. And there could be minor trolling. Not, I'm going to destroy your house trolling. But, you know, okay, I'm going to put this thing in your chest. Trolling. And it's a great thing. And we were thinking that a realm that can hold ten people at a time costs eight dollars a month. $8 for 10 people playing at a time. It's yep. great. Right? Yep. So, I had... So, for the realm, I was like, wait, if we're going to be operating a realm, I need to know how to operate basically a Minecraft server. So, I had to dig into how Minecraft servers work, the nitty-gritty, yep. and it and I had to learn about how to use this thing called a command block. Yep. Command block is a thing that allows you to go into the coding of Minecraft, basically, and change it for yourself. Okay. And so you could use that to more or less create custom rules and limitations within a game that we were pl- that we were creating and playing. Yes. So this would allow us to kind of create a crafted cooperative experience. Yeah. Limit trolling, limit PvP, um, and make it so that it was a safe place to explore that kind of multiplayer community. Yeah. And couple that with our Discord server that we will be opening soon. Where there will be, you know, where we will be heavily moderating it, etc. You'll be able to use our Discord server and play voice with, like, your kid could log in and use voice with other kids in the community. Yeah. And play Minecraft with them. Minecraft. Um, on an EFG realm. And we could theoretically create multiples. Yeah. If there was a demand. Like, for example, if there were a bunch of older kids that wanted to PvP, we could do that. Yeah. Um, maybe we wouldn't necessarily need the full thing. So, I mean, this was an interesting idea that you had. Um, we're not sure how it's going to happen, if it's going to happen. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so, if anyone that is listening likes the idea of a EFG realm, um, I would love it if you'd head on over to the Engaged Family Gaming um Facebook community, and you can do that by going to engagefamilygaming.com slash community, 
and um, you know, share us your thoughts. Like, would you be interested in participating in a Minecraft realm if it was specifically members of the EFG community, like you know, kids, etc.? Yeah. Um, and if that was the case, would you participate in the EFG Patreon? In order to do so, the advantage—it's worth mentioning—the advantage to tying it to the EFG realm um, and tying it to our Patreon is that that's a way to verify uh, identity and it's a way to kind of protect um, our kids and our community from kind of toxic elements because you know it, it, if you can't get in without kind of going through that Patreon wall, um, it does limit it. Obviously, this is not something that would be crazy expensive or anything like that. More of kind of a token, really just to, um, you know, double-check identity, but also to help support the site. Um, so I would absolutely love to hear what your thoughts are on an EFG realm or realms. Um, and, yeah. So, and... and if you do, are interested, we'd love to hear what kind of rules, restrictions, etc. you'd be interested in us kind of placing. Um, you know, let us know how you want to play, and we will figure out how to make that happen. Um, so, I think that's it. You got anything else you want to say? Well, if the realm happens, please appreciate the hard work that I do. Don't blow it up. I mean... Don't blow up my command blocks. I don't know, I'm, you're going to put your... Me F. To put the command block. Now I'm going to go blow up your command blocks. We're going to put your command blocks in like an island in the sky that nobody can get to. But then they can just pile up to it with dirt. No one will blow up the command blocks. Okay. I don't know why we're begging people to not blow up command blocks in a game that doesn't exist yet. Okay. Um, so that. Tired. That. I know, you're tired. That has been episode 156 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. Yes, folks, this week was a little short. We're doing it while we're driving home from an event. Uh, But next week and the week after are going to be some epic, epic episodes. Epic epic, epic games? Epic, not epic games. Not epic games. I mean, maybe we'll talk about Fortnite. I don't know. But until next time, I do hope that you have a wonderful night. We look forward to talking to you next time. And until then, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next